My eyes burst open with excitement. It was my birthday, and my super sweet 16 no less. I jumped out of bed, excited to greet the day and, well, let's face it, get my hands on those super sweet gifts that awaited me. I bounded across my room, grabbed the doorknob and threw the door open. Or at least tried to, but something was blocking the doorway, obstructing the door from opening more than a couple of inches. Odd. For some reason, expecting a different result, I tried a couple more times. Still no luck. I called out to my dad who I could hear chuckling as he came closer and then yelled out to me to hold on for a second while he moved something out of the way. I sat back down on the edge of my bed and waited impatiently. A couple of minutes later, and after much audible commotion, the door opened and there was my dad, laughing as he greeted me with a happy birthday and a big hug. As I was hugging him, I noticed what it was that had been blocking my door. A treadmill with a giant bow on it. Where had that come from and why had it been in front of my door like that, I wondered. Well, I didn't have to wonder long as my dad handed me the card that I had yet to notice was affixed to it. I flipped open the card and read the inscription. Hopefully by next year there'll be less of you to celebrate. I didn't even need to read further to see who it was from. This had my grandmother written all over it. The gifts my grandmother gave me were always insightful, but not insightful in that good way where someone can just tell what you really want and then get you the perfect thing. Insightful like in the way that a teenage girl can look someone up and down, immediately zone in on the thing that person is the most sensitive about, and then just bully them about it mercilessly. Luckily, my parents came through with some awesome gifts to balance out the treadmill, and my dad helped me move that monstrosity to the garage. Why she would have thought it would be best to have it delivered and placed in front of my bedroom door, I could never explain to you. Why my dad stood by while it happened, knowing full well my door opened out and that I would be trapped? Well, he probably thought it was funny. All in all, though, this was not my worst birthday. That, by far, was the year my parents forgot it entirely. But that's a story for another time. A couple of weeks passed, and my grandmother's many not-so-subtle hints about the treadmill were not lost on me. She actually seemed to reset her tone from the card a bit, and started out very nice, though a bit passive-aggressive, with, Did I hear you downstairs on the treadmill earlier? Then to a, How are you finding the treadmill? And eventually an, I noticed the stickers are still on the treadmill. Well, after a couple of weeks, clearly she'd had it with her own unique brand of subtlety and just stomped right into the dining room during breakfast, swung open the door to the garage, pointed to the treadmill and loudly said, What do I have to do to get you to use that thing? Put a cake at the end of it? To which I very confidently and quickly snapped back, What the hell is wrong with you? Why can't you just be like a normal grandmother and be nice to me and bake me cookies? She snorted derisively and said, Hmph, if I baked you cookies, you'd just eat them and get fatter, wouldn't you? I was 
gobsmacked, out of retorts, no witty jabs to offer, deflated and defeated. My grandma had proven once again that when it came to the eviscerating clapbacks, she was the OG. Welcome to From Grandma with Shade, a podcast where I pay tribute to my outrageous and often problematic grandmother by sharing first and secondhand stories about her life. Although she would have loved the idea of a podcast about her, once I explained to her what a podcast was, she probably would not have really appreciated the stories that I've chosen to share with you. The stories are real, though they have been embellished over time in the way that happens when a story is told many times over many, many years. So, there we were again at my aunt and uncle's house for Christmas Eve, sitting down to do our gift exchange ritual, as the Christmas-themed cuckoo clock that my grandmother had given my aunt years earlier rung out an unholy orchestra of Christmas bells. Something it would do once per hour, each time creating a jump-scare moment like something out of a horror movie. My grandmother opened her gift from my parents. They had given her and her boyfriend a lovely weekend away at a B&B, including tickets to a play and reservations for a nice dinner. It was a very generous and thoughtful gift indeed, one that likely set them back a fair chunk of change. And they weren't exactly rich. Now my grandma definitely was, though, having worked very hard and divorced very well. With me, and to a slightly lesser extent my cousins, she was pretty generous, but always far less so with her own children. So I'm not sure why my dad would have expected a different result than this, but when he opened his gift from her that Christmas Eve, we all watched as his face fell and he slowly turned the gift around to show us all. A Chia Herb Garden. A Chia Herb Garden is kind of like the Chia Pet's weird cousin. It wasn't even shaped like a head or a sheep or anything fun. It was just three small clay pots and some seeds. There was something very Charlie Brown and the football about having a relationship with my grandmother. No matter how terrible she was to you, and no matter how much you swore you'd never talk to her again each time she pulled that metaphorical football away and you fell on your ass, you couldn't help but go back for more. And boy, had my dad just fallen on his. My grandmother's gifts weren't always pointed criticisms wrapped in a bow, though. Sometimes they were just classic bad gifts. Like buying all the men in my family the exact same maroon ultra suede dress shirt like we were just about to start some family band. Or like buying my aunt a Christmas-themed mouse ornament every year for 30 years because she once made a passing comment about a cute mouse ornament, surely not imagining she'd end up needing an entire display table for them. Sometimes her gifts weren't just bad, they were straight up inappropriate. For instance, when my aunt and uncle got married, my grandmother gave them a waterbed telling them that 
Sex on a waterbed is spectacular. Just pause for a second and consider how it would feel to have your mother, a former nun no less, tell you all about the joys of waterbed sex. My grandmother had raved to my aunt and uncle about the quality of the waterbed. Top of the line, she said. Deluxe! Well, imagine their surprise when they go to pick up the waterbed from the store and are handed a relatively small and light box. You'd think a top-of-the-line deluxe waterbed would have some heft to it. My aunt inquired with the man helping them at the store if this was in fact the right bed, mentioning that she'd been informed that it was the deluxe bed and wondering where the rest of it was. He quickly grabbed the paperwork and showed it to them, and there it was on the invoice in big, bold letters. Basic Waterbed Kit. Turns out that it was just three pieces. A giant balloon. This was the mattress that you filled with water, but it was apparently balloon-like in quality. A liner. And what looked like a large hot plate that was meant to go under the mattress to heat the water. No base, no frame, no headboard, nothing else. And it's not like you could just throw a waterbed on a normal frame. The weight of the water filling a queen-size bed is no joke. I'm not sure why my grandmother would have thought it would be sexy for them to sleep on a hot water balloon on the floor, but my aunt and uncle, bless them, still tried to make the gift work. Heck, it was a free bed. And who knows, maybe it would be comfortable. And. Maybe my grandma was right about the carnal benefits of the waterbed. So they went and got some lumber to build a base and a frame and some vinyl to upholster it in. I know, I know, but this was the early 80s. Vinyl framed waterbeds were in. They spent a couple of days building and upholstering the frame, installing the poorly constructed liner and the hot plate. And finally, they filled it up with almost 200 gallons of water. Because that's how much friggin' water it takes to fill a queen-size waterbed. After the bed was finally full, they got in. Let me pause here for a second and describe my aunt and uncle for you. My uncle is 6 foot 8 and weighed probably about 220 pounds at the time. My aunt, on the other hand, is like 5 foot 6 and about 110 pounds. As you may be guessing, their size difference posed an immediate challenge. My aunt laid down first. A bit wavy, she thought. This was going to take some getting used to. Then my uncle laid down beside her. Immediately he sunk way down into the waterbed, causing the former waviness to become a tsunami, which catapulted my aunt through the air. She landed right on top of him. While this may have proved helpful for some of the bed's intended activities, they were immediately concerned that this was not going to be a great sleep solution for them. At this point, though, they were determined. I mean, they'd already sunk quite a bit of time and money into this top-of-the-line deluxe gift. So they soldiered on and over the following days tried various levels of pressure and temperature but none of them would work for both of them. After two weeks, they finally gave up. The waterbed was not to be, and alas, they had already disposed of their old bed. All in all, this sexy gift from my grandmother 
had cost them a few hundred dollars between the materials and the, I'm assuming, large water bill. And now they were also going to have to buy a new bed. It had also provided them with two weeks of wretched sleep and the unending terror of knowing my grandmother had likely given them this gift based on her own waterbed fornication experiences. Like the waterbed, the majority of gifts from my grandmother, though, were not something you actually wanted. Most of her gifts were actually what she felt that you needed. For years after my dad retired, my grandmother would buy him gift certificates to a suit store for his birthday and would tell him that he looked so handsome in a suit and should wear one more often. To which he would ask her where exactly she thought he would wear said suit. Perhaps to the grocery store, perhaps while walking the dog or doing yard work. In the year before the great treadmill debacle, my grandmother had been on a real roll, getting me multiple pieces of exercise equipment as gifts for special occasions. An ab rocker, some kind of push-up thing, even ankle weights. I was crystal clear on what she felt I needed. I needed fixing, one holiday gift at a time. So it was with great trepidation that I opened my eyes on my 17th birthday. I didn't bound out of bed, and certainly opened my door with great caution. Imagine my relief when the door met with no resistance. There was no exercise-themed blockade. From my bedroom, I could hear my mom and grandma talking upstairs, and caught the lightest whiff of bacon. My dad was clearly in the kitchen making me a birthday breakfast. I allowed my optimism for a drama-free birthday to increase a little bit as I made my way up the stairs to join the festivities. As we ate breakfast, I scanned my pile of gifts. None of them appeared to be hand weights. All were too small to be a Bowflex or a Stairmaster. I guess there was a possibility that one of the smaller ones could have been a Taibo DVD, or maybe, just maybe, we had turned a corner and my grandmother had bought me something I actually wanted. Again, I allowed another glimmer of optimism to creep in. After breakfast, I got down to the important business of opening presents. One after another, they were Excellent. Things I had asked for. CDs, movie passes, money for some new clothes, and best of all, a pager. If you don't know what that is, just stop listening immediately. This podcast is not for you. The gifts really hit the mark. Not surprising as they had all been from my parents. I had gotten to the bottom of the pile and still nothing from my grandma. Perhaps she had forgotten to get me a gift altogether. Just when I thought I might be in the clear, my grandmother pulled a card forth from her pocket. She handed it to me with a big smile, remarking that I was really going to like this. Apparently it was something I'd needed for a while. 
How bad could it be, I thought. It was just a card. I opened it cautiously, hoping I'd see some cash or a check or a gift card. All that was in there, though, was a business card. Weird. I looked closer and it was a card for a dentist. I was confused. Perhaps the message in the card might give me some clue as to what was going on. Scrawled there, in the card, next to the card's cheesy poem about the important bond between grandparent and grandchild, read the very blunt words, I'm getting your teeth fixed because they're ugly. Another yanking of that proverbial Charlie Brown football by my grandmother, and just when I had allowed myself to be even a smidge optimistic. I was taken aback. I didn't really know where to look in that moment or what to say. My first thought was, what kind of grandmother would take the time to buy a birthday card just to write that in it? Gifts from my grandmother were often delivered with a scathing card. This is actually where the title of this podcast came from. Unlike the theme song to our favorite show, Golden Girls, the card attached by my grandma would never say, Thank you for being a friend. It would probably say, From Grandma with Spite, or Loathe, or Shade. This dental gift was certainly another cuttingly insightful choice on her part. I'd spent years flashing a tight-lipped smile at every photographic opportunity, never showing my teeth because the front ones had gaps between them. Very Madonna-esque, which you'd think would have been cool at the time, but I was very self-conscious about them. Like the treadmill, I had not asked for the tooth repair. This might have been a gift that I really did need on some level, but I hadn't realized it for myself yet. I certainly didn't need to read the words that had been running in my head for years about my teeth being ugly, splashed across a birthday card from my grandma. Unlike the treadmill, though, I definitely took advantage of this gift and got my ugly teeth fixed. I didn't rush to the dentist the next day or anything. It took me a few days to see the silver lining, and I refused to give my grandma the satisfaction of seeming excited about her rude gift. The tooth repair helped to boost my confidence, allowing me to flash a toothy grin in photos for the first time ever. But the way my grandmother delivered that gift, and in fact, all of the self-improvement gifts before it? It set a bad tone for how I spoke to myself in the mirror every day. Every now and then, at my lower moments, I would even go out to the garage when no one was around, clear the boxes we'd been storing on the treadmill and the winter jackets we hung on it, and run for about two minutes, then, exhausted, I'd raid the chest freezer in the garage, grab a McCain Deep and Delicious frozen cake, sit on the treadmill, and eat it. 
with my newly gapless teeth. Years later, as my grandmother began to decline, my parents took over her gift giving. Gone were the terrible gifts, now replaced with cash. And not just like $20 or even $50. We're talking like multiple hundreds of dollars. And the cards attached did say, from grandma with love. This was the biggest giveaway that the gifts were no longer really from her. One Christmas Eve, as I pulled the cash from the envelope and thanked her, I remarked to my grandmother that this was so much nicer than the card she used to give me when I was younger. She looked confused and responded as such. I said, Remember when you bought me that unwanted treadmill and the card said you'd hoped there'd be less of me to celebrate the next year? Or the veneers for my front teeth and the card said you were getting my teeth fixed because they were so ugly? No word of a lie, my grandmother looked me right in the face and said, Well, I had to do something. You had two rows of teeth like a shark. Fascinating how this story had evolved in her mind. I'd gone from having been gap-toothed to suddenly having entirely the opposite problem. Too many teeth, apparently. As if all of a sudden I just had two full rows of teeth. I'd gone from Madonna to Shark. Like that. And with that... The Christmas cuckoo clock rang out loudly again. Still doing its traditional holiday haunting of my aunt and uncle's house. And causing several of us to jump in fear. My grandmother quietly smirked to herself. Clearly satisfied that her gift was still serving its intended purpose all these years later. Join me next week for a new tall tale of the old short woman I called Grandma. Next week on From Grandma with Shade, we'll explore my grandmother's very free use of very colorful language when Grandma offends. <laughs>